There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. All you non-believers disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into NFL Friday, WFUV's NFL podcast. Bridge Gotham alongside Patrick Amatoro, Matt Benson, and guys, we're look, this is week eight of the NFL. It's the time of the season where you kind of get a sense of who's good, who's not, the biggest surprises. The biggest disappointments, and last night we saw Tom Brady lose his third straight game to drop to 0 and 5, uh, 3 and 5, pardon, on the season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall into the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night football. This has been a season that has been dominated by some of the underdog teams, our New York teams here, the Giants and the Jets. And then you look at guys that have been in the league our whole life, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and looks like they're on the way out. Yeah, yeah, even uh, sorry, uh, even Russell Wilson looking horrible out there, and, and, and with the Broncos, like it's it's pretty sad to see all these fall from graces. I think one of the biggest thing with Tom Brady is I don't know if you saw us today. He posted on Instagram, him and Javel officially are divorced, so that might have some uh, real. It's showing implications on the field, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it is really crazy to see the downfall of these top players that we grew up watching, especially with Brady and Rodgers the past even two years winning MVPs, winning Super Bowls, and their fall from grace has been pretty crazy to watch it's kind of sad because look I don't consider myself a Bucks or Patriots or, or Packers fan by any means but once these guys that you grew up watching and even rooting against start to disappear it's a part of your childhood that that's gone I mean I remember the days where you would tune in on a Sunday and you'd see both Manning brothers play you'd see Philip Rivers in San Diego you'd see Joe Flacco in Baltimore everything just sort of made sense and now we have a whole new generation of quarterbacks coming up of course Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and of course, you know Jalen Hurts very well. <laughs> Those top three teams, I'm talking the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles. Eagles still unbeaten. I just think that there's such a large gap between where those three teams are at and then the next bunch of teams. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think I think the biggest thing is that both all three of those teams you mentioned, they have a really strong offense and a really strong defense, and they've put it together so far throughout the season. And I think the defense is, as we know, defense wins championships, and all three of those teams are top five to top ten in most defensive categories, which is huge. Yeah, the thing is, like with these teams, like the Giants and the Jets, a lot of there's uh, specifically more the Giants. You can see their schedule; it's it's not a difficult schedule, so it feels a little bit fraudulent their success. But at the same time, like they still are successful. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. There is a big gap between the, the juggernauts, like the Chiefs, like the the Bills. And the teams like the uh, and, and Eagles from the teams like the Giants and the Jets, but there still are is success no matter who your opponent is. If you're still coming out and winning games, that is important to realize. 
I always find the storyline interesting of, oh, they're the worst 6-1 and one team ever. Like, is it their fault that they're beating teams that they should beat or teams that are worse than them? Like, I don't think so. Like, sure, they haven't played the Bills or the Chiefs. I'm talking about the Giants here or even the Jets. But still to be at 6-1 and one when their win total from last year was just four is pretty remarkable. And I think for both the Giants and the Jets, the Jets at 5-2, and two, the Giants at 6-1, and one, the NFC in particular, I think, is just so wide open this year mm-hmm. because outside of Philadelphia, I can't name another team that, as a Giants fan, I'm like, oh, I don't think I can, like, I would be afraid of them. Like, are you telling me right now in the wild card round, if the Giants were the five and the winner of the NFC South, whether that's the <laughs> whether that's the Falcons or the Bucks, like, am I really scared to go down there and play that game? I don't think so. Or the NFC West, where the Seahawks are now the division leader, and we'll get into that in a little bit because the Giants are heading out west to Seattle to face the Seahawks. So I just think that for New York football, this this is a really exciting season. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think the big reason for that is that the Bucks and Packers aren't dominating the NFC like they have the past like three or four years. And now that's, I mean, the Eagles they made the playoffs last year, but no, they weren't scaring anybody last year. They're obviously a solid team this year, but the Giants. They're six and one. They're right there in the NFC East, which is shown to be a really strong division so far this year. Yeah, and I, honestly, I thought the Lions were going to be legit this year. I don't know if you yeah, guys no. remember that first game, the Eagles Lions was a shootout. It was yeah, really they, interesting. They played them real close. Yeah, yeah, very close. And then they just fell off the face of the earth. So yeah, I think the NFC is it's tough right now. I do think the Giants. I, I I agree with you completely, Bridge. I'm not too worried about the NFC South at all. Like what that wild card game is, I think the Giants will have a successful playoff run. But um. I think really is the AFC who, who's going to come out strong, looking way into the future of the Super Bowl. Like the AFC is just has all those juggernauts involved. Yeah. It just it almost feels like the Bills and the Chiefs are on a collision course for for another rematch. I know they played the divisional round last year, but for an AFC championship game, I mean that would almost feel like the Super Bowl in in of itself. And and like you said for the for the NFC, if you assume that the Eagles get the number one seed, and I know we're thinking way ahead here, and they get the bye and that the Giants have the next best record of not winning a division, right? They're going to play the the worst division winner, the NFC South. Like, that's almost, you know, it's already starting to, to almost feel real. Yeah. Um, which, which would be quite the matchup for, for them. And then depending on who wins, maybe we even host a divisional round playoff game. Pretty unlikely it would be a six or seven seed that would have to, to knock off in an upset. But, hey, who knows? Like, the NFC North, I know we know that the Vikings are 5-1, and one, but... You know the Viking and Kirk Cousins prime time. Like I, they're not, I they're not scared. Like, I, I'm not scared yeah. of them, right? That's Doesn't what I'm saying. Needle, yeah. Or the NFC West. Like I mean, do you think the Rams will really turn it around? I mean, Matthew Stafford's thrown more picks than touchdowns. The Niners traded for CMC, but they still have Jimmy G at quarterback. And not that he's bad, but I think he's the definition of mid. Like he's not gonna. No, he's bad. He's bad. Uh, I, there's a lot of guys that I would rather not have than him. Like he's not. Look, he's not. I don't see him winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, fair like, enough. We've watched him in the Super Bowl. We watched him try it out of the field down, and we we know what happened in that game. But, I mean, it, it could be worse. But the Niners have a really good defense, and, and they still have playmakers like Debo Samuel. So I think they can make some noise. So with that being said, I think we should kind of transition into just some Giants talk here. I want to talk about the Giants uh, knocking off the Jaguars. And the Giants are underdogs in just about every game. And, and the disrespect is is getting to another level because, look, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not a good football team. You look at any power rankings, they're among the bottom five teams in, in, the, in the country. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, like, when you hear Jacksonville Jaguars, you're like, you laugh, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're a poverty franchise. Giants are three-point underdogs. Obviously, the Jaguars were hosting, but, 
I mean, the Giants fans came out, and uh, the Giants got the job done. I mean, what did you guys – I'll start with Pat, just because you're a Giants fan. Like, that game was certainly an emotional roller coaster, especially down to the wire. Oh, yeah, for sure. I th- you know, every game is an emotional roller coaster. They haven't really come out and been I, – I, have they been down in every fourth quarter of the season? I think um, – I know that Daniel Jones has had four game-winning drives yes. in the fourth quarter, which leads the NFL. Which is um, insane. Like, that's crazy. This team has a lot of heart, and that's the thing. And their point differential in the fourth quarter is, like, unbelievable. It's awesome. It's really it, – it makes it a lot more fun football. Obviously, it's, you know, sometimes I get a little anxious uh, when it comes to the witching hour when I see the Giants, you know, down. But at the end of the game – at the end of that Jacksonville game, stopping them at the one, it, it just shows, like, the devil effect. Like, I just feel like this the, their team is a lot of heart, and I do think that – this continued the success will continue throughout uh you know this rest of the season just because if you have four game winning uh fourth quarter drives like Daniel Jones although he has been shaky in the past it, 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 he has been successful in these past, this whole year although and Saquon Barkley being healthy is just so so much fun to watch as well reminding me a lot of his rookie year so yeah I, I think that that Jacksonville game really proved what this team will be for the rest of the season I, th- I think that game is actually huge for the Giants because Looking at the Jaguars' schedule, even though they're only two and five right now, they've lost a lot of close games, and their wins were blowout wins against not great teams. But they took care they of one them. of them against the Chargers, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, right there, and then they played your Eagles really close. Yeah, yeah, they've had a lot of close games against solid teams. So I'm not going to discredit them because they're also a tough team to play at home. So I think this was a huge, a huge win for the Giants, especially coming back again in the fourth quarter, like winning the fourth quarter ten nothing. That's huge. Shutting out a team. Putting up zero, even six total points in the second half, that's such a big deal, and it's it's a sign of a good team. And there were so many points in that game as a Giants fan where you're just scratching your head. You're like, oh, man, here we go again, or we're actually going to lose this game. But there were there were also moments throughout the game, like at the end of the first half, where Julian Love recovers a fumble uh, you know, out of the end zone for a touchback where the Jaguars were about to score. And then there were, another, there were a bunch of key stops in the second half, but basically I think the quote that I've heard is, the defense gives up a lot of yards, but not a lot of points. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, um, this deep. Yeah, it does feel like a lot of the time the, the teams are driving down, but it, they're always holding to a field goal. Not a lot of scores. So that's where it's really important to remember. Yeah, the Giants have the solid defense, although it looks shaky at times. They continue to, you know, they're winning games with this defense. So I just think that uh, the Giants really will be successful for the rest of the season. I just, I, it's very exciting to watch. You know, I, obviously with the Yankees having that disappointment last week has, mm-hmm. was a little frustrating, but I know on Sundays for the first time in all, since I was like in middle school, I'm excited to watch Giants yeah. football. I know, like it, it's kind of crazy. Like I'm like during class, I'm like looking, I'm like, can I get a flight to Seattle? Like <laughs> I, I want to see, I want to see this Giants. Like I am in love with this team because it's been five to. I mean, if you discount 2016, which was basically a fluke here, right? Because yeah. they make the playoffs once, and then before that they didn't, and then after that they didn't, and it's they got blown out the boat picture. We know the whole story of that. But it's been a long time since you could consistently tune into Giants football and be like, not only does this team have a chance to win, they're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. They're well-coached. and Well, there are, there are definitely a few things they could work on, like down the stretch, Saquon Barkley going out of bounds on a few of those runs. You just got to make sure you stay inbounds when you're trying to kill the clock because once that uh, he attempted to go down and he accidentally went out of bounds and that was sort of overturned that like his knee or whatever went out of bounds and that added like 40 seconds onto the clock, which gave the Jaguars a chance to march downfield as opposed to them having like 20 seconds and the Jaguars got it down to the one yard line. Obviously, the Giants got away with a win, but 
you have to get rid of those silly errors, and I and I have trust in Dable and the coaching staff that they can work that out. I mean, Saquon Barkley is a is a really great player. I mean, those are just unforced careless errors. Yeah, and those those small errors, I as as a fan, you'd rather have those small errors than the big issues yes. that they've had over the past five to even oh, yeah. ten years outside of twenty sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. And also, just talking about that defense again, it's just a whole testament to that Ben don't break philosophy yep. that a lot of teams have had over the past few years, and. They they never really followed that over the past five years from my memory. They would they would bend and then they would just break and yep. let up the big plays and the touchdowns. But this year this year I I don't feel as as worried whenever whenever they're inside the red zone on defense or they let up a big play because I feel like they can still make the stop and make the make the good play to still find a way to win the game. I think every game that the Giants won they would have lost last year. Like yeah. in terms of like you're in this position in the fourth quarter, what happens? Like they lose all of those games. Like it's just. It's crazy the turnaround. Like Titans game week one, you go for two and you get the win instead of going for the tie and then playing for overtime and possibly losing on the road. Then week two, you beat the Panthers by a field goal. Like you lose that game last year. You just find a way to lose. You're down to the Bears. You're down to the Packers. You're down to the Ravens. Like all those games, like the Giants of the yesteryear are not going to climb out of that hole. They're just going to sit tight, take the loss, and watch the fans leave at the end of the third quarter. Like this is a team that doesn't win pretty, but a win is a win. And I just think that all these analysts that are saying, well, the Giants aren't winning, they aren't blowing anybody out, so why should I be scared of them? I'm like, a win is a win. If you win the Super Bowl by one point or 30 points, it doesn't really matter. You're still hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the day. So you don't have to, like, this isn't like, like like in college football, I guess if you blow a team out, possibly that'll move you up in the rankings a little bit, depending on margin of victory and, that's a whole different system, but like, let's be real here. Even even in college football, a win is a win. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you just it it doesn't matter how you win as long as you find a way to win. And these New York Giants are finding a way to win. And this weekend, they're heading out to Seattle. They're three point underdogs. This is a Seattle team that nobody predicted would be in the driver's seat of the NFC West, given the departure of Russell Wilson, a lot of young pieces, sort of a rebuilding year. Everyone thought, and especially with both the Niners and the Rams in that division, but. This could be a uh, a tough game for the Giants. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I will say this. I got to give props to Geno Smith. You know, like a lot of people slept on him, obviously, since he was with the Jets. He was all bouncing around everywhere with the Giants. But now Seattle really found his groove and he proven himself to be, I would say, an elite quarterback. He, he is a great, uh, he really, the Seahawks team obviously came out of nowhere. And you thought losing Russell Wilson, they would have no, you know, uh, drive towards any victory, any success. But. They really, uh, they've really, they been doing pretty well, and I think that it really shows that um, when you get a guy like a veteran like Geno Smith, not necessarily a veteran, when you get a guy who's had experience like Geno Smith in a lot of different places and given the opportunity to actually thrive, you could see what quarterbacks would do. I do think the Giants will still come out uh, with, with winning this one, but it's tough. The 12th man is difficult up in Seattle, so I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I agree, and I think, I think after a tough week in Jacksonville and another close game, it's... It's put a lot of strain on the team, so this game is going to be another another test, especially going to be in Seattle. Like Pat mentioned, the twelfth man. It's it's crazy out there, and the time difference is big. It's a big big thing, and Geno Smith. It's been surprising, but it's honestly been kind of fun to watch because yeah. he's failed for about eight years now, ten years, and he's finally put it together, having seven about seventeen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, three picks. Like he's looking like a good quarterback and a quarterback that can win games and who would have who would have thought that that would have happened with the Seahawks this year. Yeah, you have to be happy for him, especially like for all the reasons you guys just said like 
guy that bounces around the league like you wish him the best, and it's always cool to see someone revive their career like this. A guy that I kind of forgot was still in the league because <laughs> I feel like when he was playing for the Jets, like I, I might have been in middle school. Like I can't even remember. It was so long ago. So very exciting for that, and it's so key for the Giants to win this game. In my opinion, everyone's like, well, if they lose, they, they six and two, whatever, right? I think they've had three really, really tough games. They were in London. They barely won against the Packers. Then they've played back-to-back Ravens at home, and then they went down to Jacksonville. Like, this team is tired. They're getting beat up. This is another big road game. And after this after this week, they're on a bye. If you go into the bye with another win, you're 7-1. and one. You rest up. You have all that momentum. You come back, and you have two home games against the Texans and the Lions. Like, I just think that that is the perfect storm for the New York Giants. Yeah, I agree. And I think... I think the more you win, the more pressure it puts on the Eagles. I know the Eagles are 6-0 right now, but with the Giants at 6-1, and they're not far behind, and they're only half half game back right now. If they keep winning, the Eagles are going to lose eventually, right? So if they if they keep if they keep winning, they're just right right there in line to be at the top of the NFC East. Yeah, I mean uh, the Eagles and the Giants play twice this season, so it's going to be. I think it's really going to be a test for both teams. Obviously, you know divisional rivals. But I think the Cowboys too are, are have been pretty successful as well. They're five and two. This NFC East is the most competitive it's been in the past ten years, and uh, it's pretty interesting to watch. You know, like these, uh, like what was it two years ago? Like the Giants almost sneaked their way into the playoffs. At six the, and ten, yeah, yeah, like which is ridiculous, which is hilarious to see now this complete turnaround. I think that really does have to do with the scheduling a little bit, but still, um, the Giants, this NFC East team really can. It's going to come down to the wire, and I think the scheduling. Uh, Giants and Eagles will be two of the best games of the season, I think, for sure. And let's not forget about Washington. They've uh, they've rattled off two straight wins, and while they haven't looked amazing this season, they played the Titans close, they took care of business against the Bears, and they beat the Packers. And while the Packers don't look very good anymore, a win against Aaron Rodgers is still a win against Aaron Rodgers. And after two straight wins, they're only a game under five hundred at 3-4. and four. So I don't think you can take even the games against Washington for granted if you're mm-hmm. the Giants. Every divisional game is going to be tough. And as you said, you're going to face the Eagles twice, including a Week 18 matchup in Philadelphia that could either mean nothing or they could be playing for the number one seed. I mean, just imagine that. They flex that to primetime, and Giants-Eagles, winner gets a bye in the playoffs. I mean, that's, I don't think it gets any better than that. Um, the Eagles come to come to visit the Giants second week of December. That's going to be a really good game. And then uh, the Giants have another uh, a tough game on Christmas Eve. They face the Vikings at Minnesota. Obviously, they lead the NFC North, but they also uh, they get the Colts at home on New Year's Day. So when you look at the rest of the Giants' schedule, I definitely see three, four, five wins. Like I think there's definitely a path to get into the playoffs. And now it's like, well, how far can they go? Are they going to go after a wide receiver? Everyone's uh, saying, you know, did they go after Jerry Judy? They just traded Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Tony. Well, he showed flashes of greatness, uh, had trouble staying on the field, and I think he had a lot of personality issues that didn't really fit well with the Giants. So I think the Giants were happy to get to, to get rid of him, but now everyone's saying, all right, Joe Shane, like make a move. Let's get a wide receiver in here. Let's get Danny Dimes some help. Yeah, you know, I was really excited when uh, Tony was drafted two years ago. I thought he really was going to be uh, the answer the Giants needed. You know, A lot of disappointment with the receiving, uh, not a lot of depth there. But I saw something really interesting that uh, Kadarius actually has more SoundCloud songs than he has receptions in the NFL, which just shows that like he really did not he did yeah. nothing for the Giants. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. Yeah. He just was. It, it, 
it's all right. I mean, I think he will have a successful NFL career, but just it wasn't with the Giants. I want. I'm curious what he does with the Chiefs. I think the Giants really. I thought it was. You know, I feel like there's always just been horrible moves by the front office of the Giants, but I think this is one I, I was pretty happy with it at this point, just because he really has done nothing for the team. And he was a Gettleman pick, anyways. Like this yeah. is this previous administration, Shane and Dable. They have a different vision, so I think it's they're doing what they think is best for the team. Yeah, I think I think this move shows a lot for what the Giants think of themselves as a team because Tony brought a lot of baggage to the team, truthfully, just with his off the field stuff, his injuries, and even though he's a talented player, he was never available to play. He never mm-hmm. he never scored a touchdown for the Giants. So yeah. how much value did he actually have as a player other than what he could have been? So bringing in two picks for him is a sign for big this year because they want to get rid of any distractions. Like good teams, they don't have the off the field issues that often bad teams have and also they're looking forward to the future because next year they have nine draft picks which is such a big deal for for a good team yeah I mean it's certainly tough for a guy that you took in the first round to, to already be off your team and to, and to get you know a third and a sixth form um, but I do think that that it, that it was the right move and I think look he had one really really good game last year remember against Dallas he went for like 150 yards but that game ended with him throwing a punch and it's just you can't be doing that. He got thrown out of the game. Like that's just you're not representing the Giants well. You're not representing yourself well. You play in the NFL. You got to hold yourself to a higher standard. And doing stuff like that is just not going to get you any playing time, regardless of of how good that you are. And then he couldn't he couldn't stay on the field because of injuries. So the Giants, Kadarius Tony's gone. Do they go after a Jerry Judy? Like should they should they go all in? Because we're going to talk about the Jets in a second, and they just went out and got James Robinson. Yeah, that that Brees Hall injury was pretty brutal. The Jets, I just, I remember a couple of my roommates are huge Jets fans, and they were screaming their heads off just how uh, disappointing they were. He was so good. He played so well with the Jets, and I think that obviously the Jets organization making picking up Robinson is a huge move, and I think it will be successful at filling in that gap that Brees Hall left with his injury. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Giants are going to go after a wide receiver, whether it is Jerry Judy or not. I think Judy would be an interesting pick just because the Broncos aren't really that good of a team right now. And also, he's not have, he doesn't have great production over there with how bad Russell Wilson has been. And he'd be, he'd be a great addition to a weak and depleted wide receiver core right now. I agree. And you lose Sterling Shepard at the beginning of the season really hurts the longest tenure Giant. And he played really well in the first couple games. You have a guy in Darius Slayton who's been around for a while, but he's not going to wow you. He'll catch he'll he'll catch some balls, but I mean, like he's he's not your number one guy. I will say Wandale Robinson has looked good thus far. The second round pick from last year, he's he caught a touchdown. He's he's looked pretty agile. Um, so it's good to have him. Then you have other guys like David Sills, the fifth. You have Marcus Johnson off the practice squad. Richie James, like these are guys that you. These are names you don't normally hear when you think of a wide receiver in the NFL, but these are the guys that the Giants are starting. And let's not forget about Kenny Galladay, who's who's not good. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to sugarcoat it. He was great with the Lions. We gave him a huge deal with the, with the Giants and hasn't panned out. He hasn't caught a touchdown. He's been battling injuries. But I'm saying if he can even find a little bit of who he once was, like the Giants could like the Giants need wide receivers. Right, so if he can come back from injury and, and at least be another guy to throw the ball to, like, I'll take it. That's the thing with the Giants; it's all uphill from here when it comes to player skills. Like, we are playing with the Giants are playing with like very limited uh, skill level. I feel like it's Saquon and Danny Jones. You know, he, he's doing well, but he is not an elite quarterback. No. He, he's like he really is just a uh, he's always a little shaky. He always looks a little bit nervous. I don't know, and I, I just think that it, playing this well with this 
crappy of a team to be to put it bluntly is showing that it's all uphill from here is how i'm kind of rationalizing it really is and it's more or less the same roster as last year Mm -hmm. and that's the roster that did not do well which shows how important coaching is. Yeah, I mean, you got to give a lot of props to the front like, office and coach. Seriously, man. like I know that there's a few different additions, whether it be Thibodeau or Evan Neal, who's still figuring his way out. Thibodeau has, has made some big plays. Uh, those are the two rookies, obviously Wandale Robinson. But more or less, this is the same Giants team from last year. And I think Brian Dable is just really playing the Daniel Jones strengths, which are doing play action, bootleg, uh, you know, six-yard runs, or over the middle, Daniel Bellinger, the fourth-round tight end who – He's getting eye surgery. He got poked in the eye somehow during a game. Like, I mean, you're wearing a big football helmet, and somehow the you get hit in like the most vulnerable spot. Like, I feel terrible. So I wish the best for him because he's been building a, a rapport with with Daniel Jones, and I think that you you know that Daniel Jones is not throwing fifty yard bombs. I know he had that one pass to Slayton, but that's not his strength. His strength are the short passes, those runs outside the pocket, and then Saquon Barkley doing Saquon Barkley things. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the coaching staff and the change in the coaching staff has been a, such a huge deal for the team because what they had before, they didn't play to Daniel Jones' strength. They didn't play to the offense and defense's strengths. But this year, it's been huge because now now they're able to do the things that they're good at. And Daniel Jones, everybody knows he can't throw the deep ball. Yeah. He's not that good at it. He can run and he can make the short passes that he needs to make. And Saquon Barkley, he's healthy now, which is huge. And they're tailoring the offense towards him, which is such a big deal. And they're... The coaching staff is doing what they need to do to make their team win. Hey, he rushed for over a hundred yards last 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 week, which is which is crazy. And um, and so did Saquon. Saquon had a tough first half against the Jaguars, but he came out. And I think he ended up posting over like 110, 120 yards. So Saquon Barkley second only uh, Nick Chubb in terms of uh, rushing yards this season. So let's move over to the other side of MetLife Stadium. How about the New York Jets? Obviously, the Jets lose Brees Hall, as we just mentioned, mm-hmm. who's been like their their heart and soul. He's been giving them so many yards. He's just been such a feel-good story. I think their whole young talent has, has been a good feel-good story. You talk about Sauce Gardner and everything. Losing Brees Hall, obviously, is going gonna, is gonna to hurt you. But at 5-2, and two, the New York Jets, like the New York Giants, didn't expect to be in this position. They have the Patriots this weekend at home. They're slight underdogs. Patriots coming off a really bad loss to the Bears in which there's a bit of quarterback controversy. Zappy replaces Jones, has like two really good drives, and then just plays horribly. Jones, Mac Jones has since been named the starter. I think New England's dealing with a lot of off the field stuff, even if Belichick maintains a professional front. Like, obviously, there's a lot going on inside the heads of these players. Like, am I the guy? Like, am I going to get playing time? That whole that whole deal. A QB controversy, no matter how professional that they that they hold themselves, it's it's going to create a little bit in, in internal t- internal turmoil. So I think the Jets can take advantage of that, especially being the home team. Yeah, uh, I remember watching. Uh, you know, uh, Patriots Bears was on prime time last night, uh, last Monday, and uh, we were like, "Oh, is Zappy that guy?" And he drove, you know, scored that touchdown. Mac Jones I mean, celebrated with him. That was him. electric. And it's like, uh, yeah, it was awesome. But then, like, what happened after that? Like Nothing. three picks. Yeah, like, like he looked horrible. Yeah. And you're right. It's tough. You're not. Mac Jones isn't so excited that he threw a pick, and it, he knows he's thinking in the back of his. Uh, not excited that he threw that touchdown. He's thinking in the back of his mind. There goes no, my I just, job. There goes yeah. my job. Yeah. So it's really tough. You're right. When you're having two quarterbacks uh, vying for uh, their job, a starting position, that there is going to be that turmoil. And as you said, Belichick, he always tries to be professional. 
and I think he's kind of a tool, but he, <laughs> like he definitely is successful, you know, obviously. But I, I do think there is a lot of stress going on, and this team is not looking like the prime. I think it's the end of their dynasty, obviously. I think that the Belichick, I don't see how many more years he could be with the Patriots and, and the NFL for that matter, yeah. I think this is a huge game for the Jets, not only because they're playing the Patriots, who they've lost 12 straight to, which is crazy, yeah. but because the Patriots are such a weak team right now internally and out there on the field, like it's a game that they need to just take take advantage of, especially if they want to continue the push, they're, the surprising push that they're making at 5-2. and two. It'd be huge for them to go 6-2, and two, especially in that division. You go 6-2, and two, and then you have the Bears the following. Uh, not the Bears, the Bills. That's a tough game. Um I was looking ahead on the schedule. You want to pick up this sixth win because you host the Bills, who are already 10.5-point favorites. Let's be blunt. They're not winning that game. So if you lose to the Patriots, none of the Bills, all of a sudden you're 5-4. and four, And then you play the Patriots again, but this time in New England. The Obviously, there's a rivalry there, and the Patriots could have no wins, but the fans are going to show up, and they're going to be rowdy, right? You lose oh, yeah. that, you're five and five. Like you, you know, your season can change in an instant. So I think to get this win against the Patriots, for momentum's sake, is great because let's say you beat the Patriots, you're six and two. You lose to the Bills, you're six and three. Then I think that Patriots game at New England is a toss up. You win that, you're seven and three. You host the Bears, you're eight and three. And then for the rest of your schedule, there's a lot of winnable games. You host the Jaguars and you host the Lions. Two wins right there. And maybe you find a win and win or two somewhere else. Like there's a path for the Jets to the playoffs. Yeah, there really is. And I think I think these three games, even though the Bills, it should be a loss for the for the Jets. I think these three games are going to really just determine where the Jets actually are as a team. Because we've seen them beat the bad teams, but this Patriots team, it's an individual. It's an it's a rivalry game. It's an in the it's an in the conference game. And I think, I don't know. I think. I think if they win two out of three, the next three, we could actually see the Jets in the playoffs, which will be crazy. Yeah. It'd be really cool to see two New York teams in the playoffs for the first time forever, obviously. And uh, I, I just, I, th- I think again, it comes, it comes down to the uh, culture of the coaching too with the Jets. Saleh, you know, uh, when they first Jets played the Dolphins earlier in the season, they hadn't won a divisional game in like twelve straight, which is insane. So for them to come victorious in that, I do see it's just a very different culture, a very different vibe with this Jets team, and it feels like it's a successful culture. Yeah, I mean, that Dolphins game was crazy because it was close through three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter they just quite literally ran away with it um, with three rushing touchdowns. Michael Carter, Brees Hall, Braxton Berrios all running it into the end zone for the Jets to go from 19-17 to a final score of 40-17. to and to your point, like, look, Pat, we're not Jets fans, but we have to admit that having two good NFL teams is good for the city. And it's good it. for the I culture. It. Yeah. And it's good because we all have friends that are Jets fans, and it's more fun to talk trash when the other team is good because if the Jets are 1-15, like, like, why are we going to beat a dead horse? Like, that's, I mean, like, sure, it's fun to do that, but it's, I think it's more fun when it's like, we both have two big games this weekend. Like, this actually matters at this point in the season. I just think it's good for New York as a whole. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think I, even with baseball, we talk in Mets and Yankees. Right, absolutely. It was cool seeing both those teams on that playoff run. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I, I I have a lot of love for the Jets. I enjoy watching them win. I enjoy yeah. it on a Sunday. having We have two TVs in our living room watching the Jets and Giants both win. Yeah. It's a good time. and yeah, I agree. It's really good for the city. Yeah, I agree, and it's 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 great for the NFL as a whole too, because it's such a big market for the NFL. Also, it's just it's just fun being in a city where your teams are good because fans are invested. It's something to talk about. It's something to yeah. be passionate about, and it's 
it's just great for the game and it's great for the fandom. I yeah, I mean I can already notice because I went to a lot of games last year and then I've already been to a lot this year as as beat reporter for FUV, noticing not really the difference in attendance because it, people are going to go to NFL games no matter what, but the the excitement like when you're on the train going to the game you can notice there's a difference between the the excitement level like people are like I want to go to this game like you get to it the the tailgating is just more upbeat it's more exciting it's not like our season's lost we're just here because we have the season tickets and we're stuck and you know what it's just a tradition it's more of like the people that stopped going to the games three four years ago they're coming back and the stadium is loud I was saying that inside the press box soundproof glass you can hear the crowd at times it, it becomes that loud and it's it's something else and it's just it's really great for New York and I mean I just to think where we were last year two horrible teams the NFL did not matter in New York City. Yeah, you were still tuning into games, but they were getting blown out. It was an embarrassment. Joe Judge was just Horrible. a clown show. He was all talk, and I, I just I'm so happy that they made the move because close to the end of the season, ownership m- made it seem like they were going to keep Joe Judge. They were like, "This is your job to lose. Like, we'll give you another shot." And then Joe Judge in one of the post game pressers just went on a rant. And said he said a lot of things, but one thing that he said in particular is like, I got guys calling me up saying they wish they still played for him. Like that's not what you say as an NFL head coach. Like what are you doing? You're like four and eleven at that point. Like come on, man, you gotta you gotta pull it together. I'm glad they made the move to to uh, exit him out, and they've they've done a lot of great things in the meantime. And and same with the, the Jets with Robert Sala. They they've given him time. They've given him resources. And with both New York teams, I, I think this this could be really great. So, with that being said, let's transition. Let's, let's make some picks for this weekend. Uh, we'll go game by game. Uh, we'll save the New York teams for last. So, we'll start with uh, – there's a London game, it looks like. Jaguars and the Broncos <laughs> at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So, I'm not sure who's waking up for that <laughs> game. Certainly not me. I might catch the second half. But <laughs> – Oh my God! Both teams two and five. Um, Jaguars technically the home team. So, (laughs) producer behind the glass, Michael Hernandez, making a Broncos country let's ride joke. Of course, Russell Wilson on the team plane apparently was doing high knees while the whole team was sleeping for four hours. He was doing, I don't know what's going through that guy's mind, but I guess from both you guys, score predictions. How do you think it's gonna go? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the air has gone gotten to Russell Wilson a little <laughs> bit because he, I don't know, he's just become a different guy yeah. since he came to Denver. But I, I, I'm going with the Jags just because they've had a lot of closed games this year. They've had a couple good wins, and the Broncos are really struggling right now, and Russell Wilson is not having a great year this year. So I think I don't have a score prediction, but I'm going with the Jags. Yeah, I mean, like, we talk about storylines this year and a lot of fall from graces. Russell Wilson is the front of the page of that. Like, he has just been – he's just a weirdo now. It's Like, I never – it never was like that. I thought he was, like – he was a normal dude in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, normal dude in Seattle, like a fun player to watch. And now he just – he's an oddball. Yeah, I do agree. I think the Jags will come out and uh, come out strong and win this one in London. Um, I don't – I'd say I think it's going to be one of the worst games in the NFL history. I don't think it's going to be fun to watch at all. I think it's going to be like 7 nothing. I don't even think the Broncos put up a score, yeah. Like 7 to 3. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a field goal. Yeah, right. Know. Jags will win, yeah. I think, um, first of all, this game's on ESPN+, Plus, which, like, what? <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, 
How many Even people ESPN ha- knows nobody's tuning in. Yeah. How many like- people have ESPN Plus? Like I do, but like I'm like one of like the only people that does, and I, I only do, yeah. yeah, and I only have it because it's a way to watch Fordham basketball games a lot of the time and Fordham football games. So I mean, that's really the only reason why I have it. I just think 9:30 a.m. on the East Coast. If you're a Broncos fan, that's Mountain Time. So that's 7:30 a.m. If you're a Broncos fan, this game is starting at 7:30 a.m. on ESPN Plus. Like why? Like why? Why like I can't even imagine you. Uh, it's I, crazy the amount of Broncos primetime games there were. They really the NFL bets so much on like Russell Wilson being like this saving grace for for Denver, and he just wasn't. And yeah. now we're stuck with every Thursday night. I'm feeling like every Sunday night I'm watching Russell Wilson cook up like this disgusting meal. So <laughs> I it, let it, Russ cook. Let Russ cook, and he just he doesn't cook well. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I, I, I just I, I'm not a fan of this Broncos team at all and I hate how often I have to watch them. Mm-hmm. So I'll take the Jags in that game. I don't really know if I can predict a score, but I'll do like thirteen to eleven or something, which doesn't even make sense, but there's gonna be some weird <laughs> scores in there. A little safety <laughs> maybe. Yeah, a little safety action or a random two point conversion. <laughs> but all right, so we can kind of go through some of these other more mediocre games like rapid fire. We got Panthers Falcons next. Panthers, Falcons. I'm gonna go with the Panthers. I think. I think in the post Matt Rule era, they're what one and zero already. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go two and zero this week. I'm gonna go Falcons. You know, Marriott. He's looking good. He's looking like a successful quarterback. So uh, yeah, Falcons. I like Atlanta in this game. They're the home team. <laughs> Slightly better record. I just think uh, Falcons technically in first place right now. So if they win, they're they're in first place. They're playing for a lot, and they could potentially get a playoff spot if the Bucks keep falling. Next up, we have. Bears visiting the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, I hate to say it, but it is the Cowboys. They're a great team this year. I mean, um, obviously Dak, Dak being hurt, that's a couple games hurt. But, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys will come out strong. NFT East, man, they're, they're legit this year. They're very legit. Yeah, I'd say, like, Cowboys 31, Bears like 13 or something. Like it's, it's Yeah, not, it's going to be a blowout, yeah. I think. And the Cowboys the Cowboys have a good offense this year, and the Bears defense isn't scaring Horrible, anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> Next we have... Dolphins at the Lions. In Detroit, I, the Lions are struggling too much, and the Dolphins are actually a decent team, and yeah. two is back, so it's it's Dolphins. Yeah, I'm actually curious what the spread is for Dolphins because uh, like, they're uh, minus three and a half. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, take that. Yeah, uh, yeah that's as fun. a road team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, the Dolphins are a successful team this year. Obviously, all that Tua drama was a little concerning, but yeah, the the, the Lions are struggling so much. So yeah, Dolphins definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say the Dolphins because we all predicted it, but the Lions aren't winning a game. I hate to say it. So Dolphins will probably win by 10, 15 points, somewhere in there. Uh, next, we have the Cardinals visiting the Vikings. They're giving Minnesota three-and-a-half home teams. So basically a toss-up game in terms of talent level here. This could be interesting. The Vikings obviously in first place of the NFC North. Yeah, the Vikings, I know they're 5-1. and one. I know they're at the top of the NFC North right now, but Kirk Cousins doesn't scare me. The Vikings don't scare me. It is a 1 he, o'clock game, though. It's a one. It's <laughs> true. He's not on primetime. That's time. his sweet spot. <laughs> He's not on primetime. But I, even though the Cardinals are struggling, I think they have to turn around at some point, and this, this is the week, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think it's going to be like 24-17, but the Cardinals are going to come out on top. Yeah, I was uh, so I have Hollywood Brown on my uh, fantasy team, so that was really brutal seeing him get hurt like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to really show this week again. Uh, I I do I think Vikings are going to win this one. 
I, I as much as you say Kirk Cousins doesn't scare you, I still think they're five and one. I mean they they are a successful team, and I think that um, the Cardinals are a bit fraudulent at that three and four. So I think yeah, the Vikings will uh, come out victorious. This really feels like a game that like will go to overtime. I, I can't explain why. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah, I get that vibe too. It just know? feels like a game when you're watching that the game that they're showing on one o'clock here, and when it ends, they're like. All right, we're now going to, you know, bonus coverage, Fox bonus coverage. For some reason, the, the Cardinals and the Vikings are in overtime. It just it just feels like that. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it just it feels like that kind of a game. I think the final in overtime is uh Vikings 20, Cardinals 17. Next up is a game that I don't think anyone really cares about. It's the Raiders playing the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, I don't I don't know what to say really. Yeah, it's such a boring game yeah. if I'm being completely honest, like Neither team is that interesting this year. Neither, both teams have, not that the Saints had high expectations, but the Raiders had high expectations, and they've not met them at all. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it'll be a close game, much like what the spread is saying. But yep. I, I'll go with Raiders. Um, the win by four is my guess. So it'll be 21-17. Um, you know what? I, I think the Saints might actually come out and win this one here. It's in in New Orleans. That's mm-hmm. a big. That's a big. Pro- I mean, that's a huge advantage for the Saints. And I just think this Raiders team is just struggling so much. Real fall from grace for them, too. So, yeah, I think the Saints will win about uh, 2017. I like the Raiders in this one, especially their expectations going into the season. Like, we saw how close they were to the playoffs last season, like about as close as you can get without – they, no, they made it in over the over the Chargers. But, I mean, they were – them in the char- – that whole AFC West, right, was supposed to be a rock star division – so you expect them to go back there two and four right now. They've had so many great players. Josh Jacobs has been a monster in fantasy, and of course, Devontae Adams was a monster in Green Bay, and and he's been playing pretty well. I mean, he ran into Hunter Renfro, which was not really Adams' fault. Renfro was unaware of what the play was at the end of that at the end of that game, which ultimately cost them the game. So I think if the <clears throat> I think if the Raiders pull it together, they should win this one. I'd say it's a three point victory. Can't give you a score on that though. Next, Steelers Eagles. You tell us about this <laughs> one, Matt. Yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. They're six and zero right now. I don't think they're going to lose this game. You but sure I think it's, about? I think, I think it's going to be closer <laughs> though. It's going to be closer than the people are going to think. I think the Eagles might end up coming a little flat out of the bye week. It was an early bye week, and I think it's going to actually be a somewhat close game. Okay. Uh you know what? I, I think the Eagles might lose this one. I think they're so due for a loss coming off of a bye week. I think Kenny Pickett really is the answer. I think he is a great quarterback. I think that they have a lot of young talent, and that's in Pittsburgh, and I think that's going to show up on Sunday against the Eagles. The Eagles going six and zero, a little bit fraudulent, I gotta say. So I think that <laughs> I think that they will lose this one in, in, in Pittsburgh, but it's, it will be a close game. It will be a shootout, thirty four thirty one. Um, I have the Eagles winning, but the Steelers did pick up a win against the Bucks. Bucks are obviously not good, but. A win is a win there, so I think that they're not to be taken lightly. I think the Eagles will win comfortably, but it won't be like a 85 nothing comfortable. It'll be like a 31-17, but was close through maybe the first half kind of game. I think ultimately the Eagles will be 7-0 and after this weekend, which is unfortunate for the Giants, but I think that the Eagles' first loss, it'll come at some point. I don't think they're going undefeated. I mean, I'll look at their schedule right now. They have, I mean, you know better than I do, Matt, but Steelers, I'd say that's a win. Texans, a win, right? Mm-hmm. Commanders, win. Colts, win. Packers, probably a win. 
That'll be a toss-up, though, I think. Yeah, it's on uh, – It y- you host them, though, on Sunday Night Football. True. And it depends on – and that's Thanksgiving weekend, just a month away, basically. So it depends on what if the Packers turn it around and are they're 3-4 and four now. What if they're, like, 6-4 and four at that point? So who even knows? But I think that the stretch of Packers, Titans, and then Giants could pose a threat to the Eagles. I think that might be where the first loss comes – I don't know what I don't know what you think. Obviously, you're biased. You think they're not going to lose, but if you had to look at it from an unbiased perspective, I think I think the team that I'm most scared of is honestly the Giants out of those three. Okay, I think the Packers and Titans, they've both come out to pretty mediocre starts in the Giants. The divisional game, it's at the Giants, which is pretty big, and I think that's I think that'll end up being the Eagles' first loss unless they lose kind of a fluky, ugly game before then. So I was going to say, you look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, Bears. Saints and a couple of divisional games, like there is a path to seventeen and zero. As much as I hate to say, there's it. a path, but I don't want to. I don't want to speak it into existence. <laughs> it doesn't but, happen. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, happen. It doesn't. It's it's tough, especially with seventeen game schedule. Now it's it's there's, so much harder to do that. No, it really is. I I mean, there's gonna be a loss, but I'd say like if the Eagles play their cards right, like fourteen and three or fifteen and two is not. Is it's not, it's it's a realistic thing yeah, that could yeah, happen for sure. So after the Eagles take care of the Steelers. Texans Titans, so we we know the answer to that one. Yeah, so Texans. Can, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't even have to talk about that. Next is Commanders Colts at uh, Indianapolis. That'll be the Carson Wentz uh, return to Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. That could be an interesting little revenge story. game. A little revenge game, but also Matt Ryan is yeah. is now benched. It's a uh, guy from Texas, Ellinger, making the start for uh, the Colts. All right, I'm going to root for Ellinger here. Yeah, I think yeah. I, let's let's hope he does well because Indianapolis they've they've had a couple disappointing years back to back years, yeah. and I I think with three three and one they still have a chance to turn it around. So I, I'm going to go with the Colts here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I think yeah, the Colts. You know, it, I, it was kind of funny. I forgot. I like how Matt Ryan is still playing the NFL is hilarious because I remember being in like fifth grade him being on my fantasy team. And you know yeah. now I'm a senior. I always have my fantasy team. He was yeah. always just a consistent fantasy guy. Yeah, yeah he and Julio. Throw for yeah, five, yeah, exactly. Throw for four thousand yards a year, like thirty touchdowns. It's great. It was awesome. But now I mean, he's just so washed. So I, yeah, I think the Colts will win. Obviously, new quarterback is going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I think the Commanders uh, just are not a good football team, and they never have been. So I, I, I do think the Colts will win this one. But it will be a close game. I think a low scoring as well, maybe ten seven. I'm actually going to go with the Commanders here. Purely because they've won the last couple of games, I think that Indianapolis changing quarterbacks could not that Matt Ryan was was going to win them this game, but new face under center, learning the offense. There could be some hiccups, and I think Carson Wentz. Look, Carson Wentz is not a great quarterback, but he's an experienced quarterback. He's going back to Indianapolis. He has something a little extra to play for. I just think that the Commanders will find a way to to to, to win this game. But they're only gonna win by three points. I don't know what the score is gonna be, but it's it's a it's a field goal in the last minute type type win for the Commanders. I have them winning that. We got three more games to go through. Um, Rams 49ers. This is a this is a good one. Yeah, divisional game. And oh yeah. Neither team are playing very well compared to how they've done the past few years. Mm-hmm. Neither quarterback are playing well, and I'm gonna go with the Rams. I think they're a slightly better team even though the 49ers did just pick up Christian McCaffrey, but Jimmy G is not playing well, especially as of late. He's Like you mentioned earlier, he's he's mid. That's yep. what he is. I yeah. think the Rams are going to end up winning. I think it's going to end up being a pretty high-scoring game, though. I think like 35-31. That's yep. going to be my guess, and I think it's going to be Rams. Okay. Yeah, divisional games are always shootouts. They're always fun to watch. 
Um, I do think. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry guys. I do think the 49ers are just a fraudulent team. Jimmy G is so aggressively mid. It's not even funny being that backup for Tom Brady for that long. Really did something in his head. He's got a lot of. I just he. I'm I'm a roommates with FUV uh, Danny Scott, who's the Jets beat reporter, but also diehard 49ers fan. And watching him run out, Jimmy G run into the back of the end zone was the most hilarious thing just because <laughs> he was going crazy. He was going nuts. And uh, this team is horrible. Yeah, so I do think the Rams will win. Obviously, picking up CMC was pretty interesting, but uh, I don't think he was the right answer for them. I think that it was a bad trade for the 49ers. He never stays healthy. and I, 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 He's an amazing running back, but it's only when he's healthy. So you got and he's got to learn this playbook pretty quick, too. So I do think the Rams will win. I think it'll be a shootout, and I think it's going to be 35 31. There we go. Love that score prediction from both of you guys. And they always say the NFL stands for not for long, and that's really the case for running backs. CMC's been in the league for, what, four years now? Mm -hmm. Three, four, five years? Like, that's the lifespan of a running back. And the Niners gave up a lot of good assets, like, in terms of draft capital to get them. Like, the Panthers, I think it was a great trade for the Panthers because Panthers are going to a rebuild. They're going to build up their draft capital, be able to spend big in terms of, in, in the draft, like, really get the guys you want. Like the Niners, they kind of almost have to win the Super Bowl this year, and not that they're in the position to do so at all. But like, if you make this trade for Christian McCaffrey, like, dude, in two years, like, this guy's probably out of the league. Like, he's like, that's just how it works with running backs; they deteriorate very, very quickly. And with, as you said, mid quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, I just don't know. And San Francisco's a slight favorite, even though they're not the home team. But the Niners fans travel well, especially within the state of California, right? And the Rams, I mean, everyone always jokes that they don't really have a real fan base, you know, like the, the no, their don't. stadium's <laughs> just packed with the away team fans. And more so for the Chargers. I know they play in the same stadium, but those Charger games are more so packed with away fans. Just the Rams, at least they won the Super Bowl, so they're going to get some bandwagon fans. I think at the end of the day, the Rams, they need this win more because they're the defending Super Bowl champs. And they're not playing like it. And I just think that Matthew Stafford, that's a, he's got to pull it together. It's a big win against – it's a big game against a division rival. Rams 35, Niners 31. There we go. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, last game of the Sunday slate, Packers-Bills, which I'm sure the schedule makers were just thinking they cooked up the greatest matchup <laughs> of all time back over the summer. But, of course, the Bills are 11-point favorites now. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I know the NFL – they wanted they wanted it to be a Rodgers versus Josh Allen matchup, and going to the season, we thought that would have been a really great game. But I, we got to go with the Bills, and they're going to put up a lot of points. And I'm, it's at Buffalo too, and, so. it's, and it's in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's going to actually be a blowout. It's going to be like forty-one to twenty. I think that's what it's going to be. Oh my God, these these primetime games have just been getting worse and worse. I mean, obviously, it's always fun to watch Josh Allen play, but this Green Bay team is just atrocious. I think. All that weird stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers and like the immunization, like just a lot of weird off field, uh, off the field stuff. And uh, I just think he really is washed. He's old. He's an old player. He's obviously a veteran. Sad to see, but he's not playing well. And I think this Bills team is so legit. And I really do. If I had to pick a Super Bowl winner, it's not the Giants. It's the Bills. You know, like they are they are the best team in the NFL by a long shot. I think that obviously better than the Chiefs too. Um, so I think the Bills is going to be a blowout. I agree. Like forty two. Like seven, like Green Bay's, uh, maybe fourteen. They'll put up two touchdowns. How fun would a Giants Bills Super Bowl rematch be? I mean, remember that they uh, they faced off in the nineteen ninety season, mm-hmm. 
and the Bills kicked wide right, or was it wide left? They, wide they, left. Wide yeah. left at the end of the game, and the Bills went on to make the Super Bowl for, for four straight years and lose all four of them. I mean, that still haunts them to this day. No team's ever made four straight uh, Super Bowls and, and lost all, all four of them, which is, is horrible. I mean, that's that's painful because, look, you could go 0-16 every year, but you know that you're bad. But if you know that you have what it takes to win and you make it all the way there only to fall short, I think that that just, that just hurts all the more. I'm going to take the Bills in this game in a blowout. I can't even give you a score, but this is the Bills season. It's their Super Bowl to lose, I would honestly argue. I know it's early to say that, but it seriously is. It's their Super Bowl to lose. I think it's Bills and then potentially Eagles. Everyone's saying that America's going to fall apart quite literally if those two teams make it to the Super Bowl because <laughs> when those two fan bases come together, oh my God. like – like it's going to be a bit of turmoil in the streets, as they say, um, because two of the most diehard and passionate fan bases, to to put it lightly. Uh, yeah, so Bills Bills will win that. Finally, Monday night football action, a little Ohio showdown. Bengals taking on the Browns. It's a divisional game. Divisional yeah. game, right? Yeah, always fun. Yeah, and Jamar Chase is out for a while, which is yeah. pretty big, pretty big hit for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll go Browns. I'll go with the Browns here. Whoa. It, it's they're not a good team and I don't think they're I just hope they win, honestly. <laughs> I I don't I don't have faith in them, but I just I kind of just am willing myself or I'm trying to will them to win. I just want them to win the game and I don't think the Bengals are actually that good this year, truthfully. I agree. I think both the uh, Super Bowl teams are are feeling this hangover heavy. Uh you know, Joe Joe Burrow looked amazing last year. He's looking really shaky and um I, I do think the Bengals will win this game, but um, I, I just think that, yeah, the, the, both these teams aren't very good, and it kind of sucks to see because you really want to – you're rooting for Joe Burrow. You know, he's a great personality. He's a fun player to watch, but, yeah, he's not playing the best he ever – he was as he was – he's not playing as well as he was last year, which is tough. Yeah, it's uh, it's also cool. It's uh, it's on Halloween, and you got the two teams with the orange logos, the Bengals, the orange and black. So it kind of oh, it's, it's yeah. kind of fitting. I mean, I clicked Spooky. on the game, and I'm like, yeah, it's. I think this probably did not happen by accident. I think it's just the NFL being the NFL, and it's cool. Uh, I'll take the Bengals in this game. The Browns just aren't a very good, and Bengals obviously like the Rams. Kind of need to get their you know what together yeah. in order to kind of make a run this season. And that kind of wraps up the Week 8 slate. And I guess before we wrap up the show, I I want to look ahead and I don't know what I want to call this segment, but kind of just talk about, like, our outlook on the season and just more of, like, like certain things that, like, we expect to happen. I don't, I don't know how to really describe it, but just sort of talk about, like, you know, what do we expect to happen this season, like, down the line. Um, I think I think one of the 49ers or Bengals will end up making the playoffs in some sort of way, whether it's a wild card or end up winning the division. Because the Seahawks, I know they're four and three right now, but that division is still up for grabs because each of the top three teams are within a game of each other. So I think with how bad the the Rams have been playing, or actually, sorry, the 49ers weren't in the Super Bowl last year. My bad. But um, right. But I think I think I think it'll be the uh, like one of the Rams or the 49ers end up winning that division. It ha- it has to be. I just I don't see the Seahawks winning that division personally. I just it it just it's, it seems too good to be true for them. And I just think down the stretch, teams that are more built to actually go to the playoffs will do so. I think in terms of when I when I look at my outlook on the season, when I look at the AFC East, I think okay, that's the Bills division. That's they're gonna win that. I think the Jets can sneak in uh, as a wild card team. The AFC North gets really interesting because it's really a 
a two-headed race. You got Baltimore and Cincinnati, and I don't know who's going to win that division. I'm leaning Baltimore, but what if Cincinnati turns into who they were last year? I mean, Jamar Chase has obviously got to come back. I don't know how long his injury will keep him out for, but I think it's a few weeks. The AFC South is a weird division, but it's kind of just Titans are going to win, but they're not. I don't think that they're a very good team, so I don't see them as a threat in the playoffs. And then the AFC West is the, is the Chiefs. So when you look at the AFC, outside of Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, how many good teams, I mean, I guess the definition of good is hard to say, but how many good teams really are there? Like, like if Baltimore plays the Buffalo or Kansas City, like, is that going to be a close game? I don't know. I think this is going to be a very exciting playoffs. That's what we do now. I think yes. that there's a lot of good teams in the NFL. I feel like in the past there's just been, like, you know, those couple teams are just, like, god-awful Lions always just go winless for some reason, and like I feel like this year every team has a shot, and I I, I really do believe that. I think that I, I I do see you know obviously the Bills going far. I see the Bills. I really I don't see a world where the Bills aren't in the Super Bowl. I really don't. I I, I just think that no matter what uh, happens, they will be there, and uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. Uh, I do see also. I agree with you, Benson. There that the. The uh, 49ers will find find a way to just make the playoffs because they always just do for some reason. Like <laughs> that that division is just so horrible right now. Um, I just think it comes down to the NFC East and like who comes out who comes out swinging and who wins the division. So I think that will be the most interesting and most fun to watch within the uh, playoff run. And for the NFC, potentially three teams making the playoffs from the NFC East that could make things really interesting. If um, because that leaves just one more playoff spot, and that playoff spot will not be coming from the NFC South. I'll tell you that right now. And in the NFC North, I mean, as things stand right now, unless the Packers turn it around, like it's gonna be a weird. A seventh seed's gonna sneak in that I just don't think deserves to be there, and that gives whoever the two seed is, which is whoever basically wins one of these other divisions. Like it's that seventh seed could could realistically win because if the Eagles get the bye, right, the two seed is the next best team that won their division like that could be the Vikings and you could have the Vikings taking on like oh I don't know like the Niners or something like what if the Niners figure out a way to win that game like that could be crazy and then if the Giants beat the Bucks right because the five plays the four then the Giants could host the Niners in the divisional round I mean I'm just dreaming right now but I'm just I'm like <laughs> I need, still a re- I need still an a excuse to get to MetLife in the month of January. That'd be right. really cool. Right. I, I'm very excited for the season. I mean, yeah, it's it's fun to watch the Giants play well. It's a fun time. A fun, fun time indeed, and I wish I could talk NFL with you guys all day, but we do have to start wrapping up today. A fun weekend of football ahead of us for a producer behind the glass, Michael Hernandez, Patrick Amaturo, Matt Benson, of course the sports director of FUV, Bobby Chafferdini, sports manager Ryan Gregware. For all those and more, I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your weekend of football. We'll see you next week right here on NFL Friday.